Hello and welcome, Top of the List fans, to another episode of Top of the List. I am your one host, Dom, here with my other host, RB. What's up, everybody? And today, we have a very special episode for you. Uh, We have a few things down the pipeline. We're anticipating a few releases. We're talking Obi-Wan Kenobi next week. But we got to talk a little bit about what comes before. We also got Stranger Things coming out on... um, May 27th. Both these shows coming out May 27th, by the way. Um, And we got Stranger Things. So we got a lot to talk about. We got to catch up before we get into these new shows. We got to catch up our fans on our opinions. Um, We also got a big, big movie release this summer coming out on May 27th. May 27th is a big day for some reason. Labor uh, Memorial Day weekend. Exactly. It's also my birthday weekend. Of course. As well, it makes it even more important. Yes. (laughs) But we got Top Gun Maverick coming out May 27th. RB and I just, uh, RB watched it a few months ago, but I just rewatched, or I watched for the first time the original Top Gun. And we're going to talk about that when we review the new film. We're going to do a little, you know, combo Top Gun 1, Top Gun 2, back to back in one episode. We're going to get that done. Um, But this week's episode, let's start off with Stranger Things. We're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit before we get to watch the entirety of Stranger Things season four because it is being released in two parts. Um, so we're gonna review Obi Wan next week. We're gonna um, review Top Gun. We're gonna um, review Stranger Things eventually once we get ready. There's a lot of episodes. I don't know if you've been reading this RB and maybe you have. Um, there is uh, movie length episodes of Stranger Things season four, over two hours. It seems like so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they do with that. We'll we'll get more into uh, just overall my my opinions on Stranger Things. But I'm all for that. I, yeah. I like the longer episodes. I like, especially if they're gonna make us wait. You know, release it in two parts for sure. I'm all for that. They're making them longer episodes so we can cover more subject matter. So let's let's start off with just Stranger, Stranger Things season one. Was you know you know which ones are your favorite? You know, one two season one two or three. Um, what's your overall thoughts RB? And then I'll tell you what my favorite season is and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm sure we've discussed it because I'm fairly certain we've re- reviewed stranger things before. I think it was th- season three we reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. I have been outspokenly not the biggest fan of stranger things. Um, I find it to be a show that could have been great in its time, but I'm not crazy about the choice to release a sci-fi show in the past. And what I mean by that is, you know, everything that goes on in this show takes place in the eighties. And I'm, I try and be a realist. I know that's going to sound kind of stupid with my likes of star Wars and the MCU. Uh, But you know, the fact is in in my mind, I didn't live through the eighties, but you know, I feel like a lot of this would have been documented if it had happened. I think this would have been a great show in the eighties. If we're, you know, the cold war threat is still going on and we believe that there's these supernatural elements that, both sides are sort of going after but the fact that it's released now maybe it's because i didn't ever live through that cold war era but i just i don't relate to it i think the show's writing's masterful i like a lot of the dialogue i like a lot of the character development but the overall storyline is not my cup of tea and hey i mean i've watched three seasons i'm going to watch the fourth i'm invested in the characters like i said it's enjoyable television uh, television beg your pardon but it's just not necessarily my favorite thing i think season one was great Me too. um really enjoyed the character development the introduction to all the characters the introduction to this i don't know if it's coined the nether realm in season one or if it's later on in season two but the introduction to all of it 
And as we've just elaborated, I feel like some of the thoughts are just kind of getting stale. I mean, yes, they're elaborating on everything, but I'm just not really getting the full picture of where they are going with this. So I'm hoping season four can bring it together. Uh, Looking at some of the trailers for season four, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, for, For anyone who's watched the trailer, there's some sort of now it seems more cognizant being in the nether realm that's sort of running the show or we're getting a big bad we're getting a big bad Uh, i think the big bad's name is vecna is the name yeah so yeah i I just i'm all for it i'm gonna watch it but i'm I'm curious to see where they go and i just hope we don't get stale because i feel like a lot of the matter from going from season one to season two to season three was just okay, we're back in the nether realm and things were better, but now they're not. It's like a force. They made so much money on it and had such success that they're just keeping on making them to make them. And I, I get what you mean too, RB, by saying like, you know, what's the first thing that, that the first words on the screen when you go to see a Star Wars movie in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? Like you're saying, that that locks you in. You're like, okay, my, my suspension of belief, disbelief is, is there. You know, that's happening in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. I'm sold on that. But you're saying, you know, it's hard to separate reality from the fiction for you in this one. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. For yeah, that. because it, it is. The Hawkins, Indiana is a slice of 80s Americana. And that's what I think pulled both of us into this, you know, uh, yes. into this film. You know, we we love that era, even though we didn't live through that era. We love you know, the Spielberg 80s films, you know, that, and that's what this has the feel of. And if this was a one-off film, I think I would like it a lot more than the series and just going on and on. You know, I've talked about it with the MCU amongst other things, you know, my thought on feature films versus series, but obviously, you know, the series and streaming content is the way things are going. So like I said, I'm I'm trying to adapt with it and that's why I'm watching it. Um, But yeah, I, I struggle with the fact that we're going to take a show, put it in 80s Americana, and yet give it sci-fi elements of things we haven't even seen today in 2022 now. And I will agree with you on this, RB. I, I am locked in with the characters. And, you know, a lot of shows are like this. You know, you and I both, we have shows that we like that, you know, not necessarily we enjoy sometimes, but we're in it because we're invested in the characters, you know. And I, that's one thing I will say about Stranger Things sometimes it feels like the plot, they're just putting it together as they go. It doesn't feel like they planned everything out completely. So it, um, that is one of the biggest flaws with the show. You know, season one was great because it was unique. It was the first big show that everyone watched on Netflix. It was a massive hit on Netflix. Season two, I'm not too hot on. I, I, I think that the show lost a little bit of quality in season two. And then they realized that they made a few missteps in season two. In season three, they made more like season one. And I am also a fan of season three as well. But yeah, so that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, so. if, if you wanted to put it in a list, and I think we're probably right on par there. Yeah, Season one is my favorite. I yes. like season three a lot better than season two. Not quite the level of season one, just because season one, like you said, was so groundbreaking. It was something different, something that we had seen before, at least on, on feature film, but not really in the streaming exactly. television genre series. Um, season three had some great emotional polls, brought us back to the, the emotional polls in season one and season two, you know, I think was sort of a, like, well, like we said, a tweener, you know, they they were sort of just trying to keep it going. It's it's all about the characters. It's all about the characters for Stranger Things. And that's one thing you got to go into. You, you're going to love your Billy. You're going to love your Eleven. You're going to love your Dustins. You know, every, everybody is there that you can, you feel connected to these characters. It's just sometimes the story doesn't lock you in. Let's see what happens in season four. Maybe they lock us in. I'm not going to lie, RB. I'm a little worried that they're going to make a misstep, especially that they're saying these super long episodes. I mean, I'm there. 
I want to see if they can pull it off. Can they pull off movie length, multiple movie length episodes? Can they pull it off splitting it into part one and part two? We'll find out on May 27th. Yeah. So stranger things, May 27th, before we move on, I mean, obviously it seems like you've done because you're a bigger fan than me, a lot more research on stranger things per se than I have anything, you know, you, you brought forward the big bad, you know, I, I saw that in the trailers, but that's about the extent of my knowledge, anything else that, you know, we should know as viewers coming into season four or some, some bold predictions from you, Dom. Bold predictions from me. Um, there's some weird stuff going on in these trailers. I've seen all the stranger things trailers. I think they just released a new one yesterday that I watched as well. And I mean, We've got um, characters that have, I don't want to spoil anything for those that don't like watching the trailers and just like watching the episodes, characters that haven't had powers getting powers. We've got stuff like that happening in the trailers, which is very interesting. But one thing that I'm, I'm really excited to see, one big prediction that I'm uh, excited to see is what's going on with Jim, Harp, with Jim Hopper, right? Yeah. He died, at the, uh, you know, spoilers, but he died at the end of season three, apparently, but now he's in Russia. What's going on with his storyline? I, I need to know the answers to that, along with what's going on with Eleven's, you know, quote unquote father, you know, the the guy that, you know, gave her all these, you know, experiments and was testing her and took her from her mother and all this stuff that we learned in the previous seasons. How are they going to improve on that storyline? Are we going to get answers? Finally, that's one of my biggest flaws. That whole yeah. storyline is just a bunch of questions, you know, well, just even, when you think you're going to get answered. I think it was season three that I'm really hoping they elaborate on. We had that whole episode. I think, I believe it was the the premiere of season three with yeah. all of these other teenagers that had powers that 11 had, had gone to. I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, that was like a one-off episode. I thought What's that was the, payoff? Be the basis of the season. Yeah. What's the payoff for that? We, yeah. we got to know what it is. So I, I hope that we get more questions answered than raised in this part one. And then part two, just deliver us, everything deliver us the action and the thrills you know the heartfelt moments everything so let's see what happens with that um but that's my that's my and one other thing i'm excited about is um the big bad we said vecna um even though in the trailer he looks awesome you know 90 percent of him not cgi which oh, i wow. i appreciate all I practical 90 no, percent practical to see so very excited for that as well but let's let's transition here, RB, into our second phase of this uh, top of the list episode here. We got some Star Wars to talk. We got some, uh, I mean, it's no secret. You know, we're going to talk about the Clone Wars, the TV show. We're going to talk about Revenge of the Sith, one of RB and I's favorite uh, Star Wars films. We're going to talk about everything leading up to Kenobi and why, why is this such a big deal? You know, we see the trailer and in the trailer for Kenobi, it says a six part event. Why is this an event, you think, RB? Well, we've, we've been waiting for this for so long. Star Wars fans of all generations. I mean, my, my dad and I, I think your parents as well grew up in the generation of going to see, you know, A New Hope. When it was just Star Wars, you know, when it came out. Same with, yeah. you know, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Our generation, watching those at home with our parents and then watching... Uh, the prequels as they came out and even this younger generation who watched all of those at home, you know, with their families and then just got these new, you know, sequel films. And then these star Wars stories as well. And fans of the clone Wars. I, I think everything's coming back to answer some of our biggest questions. And that's what star Wars has done so masterfully over the years. You know, we went three stories. We had great stories 
And then we went to the prequels. You know, we thought we had touched on everything, but then we went to the prequels. And then we had questions unanswered. So we went to the Clone Wars. Then we had questions unanswered. We went to the uh, the new Disney sequels. And I think Star Wars here, this is just opening up a whole new area that we have not seen. And that is what was going on with Obi-Wan Kenobi between the end of the Clone Wars and then the start of A New Hope where he's, you know, out here, this hermit on Tatooine, just sort of watching over Luke. And to me, the more exciting part here, what happened, not, not necessarily what happened, but let's see more of that descent from Anakin Skywalker, you know, sort of, you know, as, as Obi-Wan Kenobi, as uh, Ewan McGregor put it, you were supposed to be, be the chosen one trying to get that out there, to the descent of truly the face of evil in our original Star Wars trilogy. So that's what I'm really excited to see. And of course, what made us, I think, even more excited about this was when we heard that Hayden Christensen was being cast. You know, this is not just, okay, Darth Vader is going to be our bad guy. This is going to be just as much a story of Anakin's descent into Sithhood, for lack of a better term, as it is going to be Obi-Wan's story. And that's what I'm super stoked about because, I mean, a lot of people, I, I get a lot of, hate about this but i love hating christensen's art starting with attack of the clones so i'm excited to see that my favorite part right now watching clone wars for the first time is watching anakin's descent into the dark side and i'm excited to get more of that on screen and i'm excited to see it portrayed by hating christensen me too man i i just can't wait to see him take on anakin skywalker slash darth vader again and you know we've we've said it before we've hinted at it before when we've talked about waiting for kenobi but we've um, we've talked about in A New Hope when um, Obi Wan Kenobi, played by Alec Guinness, you know Ben Kenobi, the old version, he faces off against Darth Vader. He's you know Darth Vader famously says, you know, when we last met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. What's that faded meeting? You know, we before we knew that we were getting Obi Wan Kenobi the series, we thought it was the battle on Mustafar. Now maybe we're seeing that, like you said when they meet in Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's still just an apprentice of the dark side. And that's when they face off. So I'm very interested to see what, you know, emotional tie-in. And of course, in A New Hope, I, I mean, I'm sorry, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he thinks Anakin's dead. At the beginning of New A New Hope, he already knows that Anakin's alive and is Darth Vader. How did he find out Anakin's alive and is Darth Vader? We want that question answered in this show. Yeah, and, and we are excited to see how it's uh, how it's answered. And of course, for some awesome action as well. It seems like from the trailers that this is going to pick us up right after the end of Revenge of the Sith, right after Order 66. How is Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, still around? You know, what aftermath happened with the takeover of the Sith, the Empire, yeah. uh, and how Obi-Wan was able to stay you know alive and make it to being ben kenobi the the old hermit on tatooine watching over luke without you know detection of the empire because obviously the empire formerly you know the the uh, separatists know who obi-wan kenobi is they wouldn't just let him live in peace i mean he's one of the most powerful jedi if not the most powerful jedi minus master yoda I mean, if they know he's still alive, which we we see they do, you know, he's sort of on the run, it seems, in this series, at least yeah. from the start. You know, how was he able to to survive for that long without being tracked down by the Empire? 
So really exactly. excited to see how they handle this. Um, well, one other thing, do I want to add in here is that, you know, that like you, you had mentioned before, RB, this is a big payoff, not just for Revenge of the Sith fans, but for fans of the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, which, you know, Star Wars Rebels does take place during this time, except, you know, a little bit later after the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So, but we are getting a character that was in Star Wars Rebels in the Grand Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor, which is the for you know it, it's been up for debate ever since I've been watching on Twitter. You know he's the big bald guy with the white head. You know that shows up in the trailer and he has the lightsaber that spins around and is double bladed. And um, you know people have been saying they don't like the way he looks because he doesn't look like he does in the in the Rebels show. He looks a little different. I'm fine with it as long as he portrays the character in a way that's, you know, menacing and evil. So, um, but yeah, so this is tying together, not just Revenge of the Sith, which is one of our favorite movies, which has only gotten better with time. If we could just talk about that really quickly before we talk about Clone Wars. Um, I mean, Revenge of the Sith, I go back and I rewatch it, you know, every few years. And I think about the implications it had on the Star Wars universe. This was a monumental cinematic moment you know that i didn't even realize i was watching back in theaters and you know everything in this movie is really great i i would you know we've talked about star wars before i would i would give it a much higher score now than i would have in the past i think yeah i i can't believe i'm saying this uh but having like like you you know every once in a while you you see revenge of the sith on tv whether it's tnt fx whatever and you got to sit down and watch it and every time it just seems to get better and better. And I, I, I'm going to go as far as saying that Revenge of the Sith, it's not every bit as good, but just one slight notch below uh, Empire Strikes Back because it is masterful. There is so much going on, so much action, so much emotional drama. I, I mean, there's so much in this film and you know, the, the fact that you, before you even consider that what this did tying everything together, our prequels and our original trilogy. And to think they did it, not only just did it, but did it as well as they did is truly incredible. So, you know, and I think that's what, as I mentioned earlier, you know, what Lucasfilms and, and the whole star Wars imagination team has done time and time again, you know, how can we continue to build on this universe and these characters? You know, we're getting tie-ins now with uh, with all three uh, major trilogies, whether that be with Mandalorian taking place in between uh, the original trilogy and the sequels. Now Kenobi, of course, Clone Wars as well taking place uh, in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, giving us more a more in-depth look at the Clone Wars and Anakin and Obi-Wan's character development amongst others. And I think they're going to hit it out of the park again here. But I think what really started that all was this first beautiful bow that sort of tied everything together, which was Revenge of the Sith tying together our prequels to our original trilogy. And they're, they, I think the, the people behind these recent Star Wars shows finally figured something out. We talked about it in the book of Boba Fett. The two best episodes of that show didn't have Boba Fett in it. They had... Mandalorian and Luke Skywalker and specifically the one where Luke Skywalker trains Grogu and we get all this great stuff to me that was such a big shift in how they're trying to deliver Star Wars you know I, I talked about it before that was a 10 out of 10 episode because it didn't just bring together one series of films it brought together 
everything that we've seen as a Star Wars fan before. You know, the originals, the prequels, the sequels, the Mandalorian era, everything came there. The Clone Wars, the Rebels, it all was in one. You know, that's what we want to see. We want to see the entire story come together. And, you know, let's talk about it right now, RB. Um, you are almost done with the Clone Wars. You're you're getting close to finishing it right before Kenobi. Um, what's your take on it so far? Do you know, I, I personally think that the first two-ish seasons, I think seasons one and two are pretty, you know, give or take. They're not that great. But, you know, once you get to some of the other storylines in the later seasons, it's awesome. So what, what's your review so far of the Clone Wars to talk yeah, about? The, the Clone Wars took me a while to get into. Uh, there were just a lot of storylines going on that I didn't care about. Uh, a lot of the stuff with the Senate and uh, Padme, you know, a lot of these one-off adventures with Anakin and Obi-Wan, which to me, you know, were, were cool, but didn't really tie into the grand scheme of things. Um or, or, or Jar Jar Banks, you know, getting all these storylines. Yeah. But we hit a point, I want to say it was in season four, where we begin instead of having just one-off episodes, we have these two or three part, you know, series that go through, uh, you know, different storylines. I, I think one of the, the big ones was Master Plo Koon's storyline, story uh, which I thought was incredible. Another were the, was the battle on Mon, for Mon Calamari. Um, or Mon Calamari or the... You know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yes. So, you know, I I just think there have been so many incredible arcs that are now playing into what we saw on uh, in Revenge of the Sith that I'm really locked in. I'm I'm to the point now I'm on a a Yoda mission. You know, he's we got to see Yoda learn more about the force and how he was going to be able to project himself because we discover that that's something that had never been done before. And yet it's something that we know is so common because we began our star wars adventure uh, adventure with uh well not empire strikes back but empire strikes back is where we first see the sort of force ghosts for lack of a better term we see obi-wan you know coming to luke and telling him to go to the dagobah system we see master yoda later on in uh, return of the jedi as well doing it and even uh uh darth vader anakin skywalker you know sort of redeemed coming back as, in that way so, you know, there's just so many things now in the, ep- in the episodes that I'm able to point out that I'm saying that's important, you know, that this is something made 40 years later that's still important to the original trilogy. And I'm just in, in awe about it. I, I love it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, overall, I, I love all the stuff that, you know, has to do with the Jedi. And like you said you, before, seeing little hints of Anakin's descend into darkness. One of my favorite arcs is the one where they go to the Force planet filled with um you know these these three beings the the father and the son and the daughter mm-hmm. and you know we learn about the backstory of the force and you know what how all this balance is created and how, why Anakin is the chosen one and all that i love that episode we get so much backstory and how lore about, there how about in that arc anakin sees the destruction he causes he sees into the future and sees yeah. you know what Darth Vader himself does. And we get this amazing scene where he falls to his knees as the Darth Vader see, uh, theme comes on and we see in the clouds, the the helmet form as yeah. Anakin falls onto his knees in, in despair. Man, powerful stuff in this show. And, you know, a children's show that isn't afraid to give you some complex storyline, some complex imagery. And I'll, I'll even go back even further. You know, this was where I first really started getting into Clone Wars, I think. There was an episode where Ahsoka 
you'll you'll know Ahsoka is sort of captured by by the uh, the separatists. Yeah, and Anakin is going to try and figure out where she is, and they get a separatist in in a jail cell, and we see Anakin utilize the Force choke. Yeah, while the Darth Vader theme plays. That was the first time I got, wow, this is not just a one-off show anymore. They're going for it. And I loved it. And ever since then, I've been locked in. I think that was right at the end of season two or beginning of season three. While we're on the subject, what do you think of Ahsoka thus far, her storyline? You know, she, you know, I know you haven't seen the final season, which has a lot of Ahsoka in it. So we're going to hold off. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But, you know, to this point so far, you've seen to the point where she leaves the Jedi Order. How did you feel about all that story, like and you know, character and development? I I thought it was excellent. Um, I'm you know a little bit of a spoiler there. I didn't know she was coming back. I was curious if that was the end of yeah. her arc, and then we don't see her again. In sorry, here in in uh, Mandalorian with the with the lightsaber uh, on yeah. that jungle planet, coming to see Grogu. Right. Um, but either way, I I think it's a great story development. I didn't really like Ahsoka's character again. You know, I I didn't know how it was going to add. I told you for minute one that we were watching the show. Well, if Anakin had this super powerful paddle on, where was she yeah. in uh, Revenge of the Sith, the events of that? Um, but I guess we're going to get an answer now. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've got a season and a half to go of the Clone Wars and excited to see where she goes there. And she's in Rebels as well, correct? Yeah, she's also also shows up in Rebels. Um, and I will say, RB, you know, the reason why I like Ahsoka's character so much is because like you, everyone, you know, I grew up watching the show live. Week to week, you know, every episode that came out, I watched The Clone Wars. And week to week, I was disappointed with Ahsoka's character in the first few seasons. Yeah. Why is she so annoying? Why is she so snarky? Why is there not great character development here? But what makes Ahsoka so great is that, you know, mostly from Dave Filoni, which is one of the best, you know, guys behind Star Wars to date now, he turned the entire character around by the end of the, you know, season five arc where she leaves a Jedi order. And, you know, that's why I like Ahsoka so much is because, you know, you start off hating her. It's one of the few characters where you start off hating a character. And then by the end of the sh show, you're like, wow, I actually have grown to love this character. And that's why I love about it so much. Um, one thing I did want to bring up too, and, and as a big, my big final takeaway on the Clone Wars here. The most important thing, and you know, we'll talk about this too when we talk about the the uh, the final season of the Clone Wars after you watch it, RB. Um, the biggest takeaway for me from this show is what it did to humanize the clones and to humanize Order sixty six, and explain why Order sixty six happened, how it happened, and you know, just not making these clones a bunch of guys in plastic armor, you know, because they're not; they're human beings and. They make you feel for the clones. You feel for Captain Rex. You feel for Commander Cody in the show. Fives has a tragic storyline. Yeah, yeah I, I just watched <laughs> that arc and was in tears. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I mean, that's the amazing thing. You're right. It, it does turn a focus. There are clone episodes. We, we talked about the Master Plo Koon um, arc. That was another very clone heavy episode. Or, and, you know, I, I think maybe I'm mistaken here that that's what the Bad Batch is about a group of clones as well. I mean, I've exactly. gone and delved into that. There's so much I still need to delve into on these Star Wars shows that I didn't watch. I just watched the featured films. Uh, so uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it, it brings up a, a very much a, an ethical issue, too, that you and I have discussed, you know, what the what the. Uh, the, the Senate, I guess it is, who, who yeah. have the clones and the clone army against the separatists who use droids, what they're doing is, is this right? And we find out, you know, 
sort of the 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 underlying reason as to why they're doing that and you know who is behind it of course we we know um who chancellor chancellor palpatine sort of pulling the strings really is you know yeah but yeah it's the yeah. the is the you know we're, we're always on the side of the jedi and we think the jedi are always the good guys and the clone wars isn't afraid to ask the question well you know, especially in one of my favorite episodes is where we get to see an evil Jedi master on um, Umbara, which is like this planet shrouded in darkness. And Captain Rex and Fives have to fight him. He's the guy with like four arms and he has four lightsabers. And he's, is, is that not see, that's what I've been referring to. Is yeah. Master Plo Koon. Is that not him? I don't think that's Plo Koon. I'm not 100 percent sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, but a, that, that's what I'm referring to. That was yeah. sort of the first major series arc, I thought. Yeah, that was, you know, and they're asking these questions, you know, the Galactic Republic. Is it really the good guys in the show? And I, I love that they added that complexity to it. And they added a bunch of great depth to the actual clones themselves. They gave them names. They gave them distinct personalities, all voiced by one guy, which is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. D. Bradley Baker voicing all these different clones and making them feel distinct. Some of the best acting I've ever seen. Um, so... Yeah, I love the Clone Wars. It's one of my favorite things. I can't wait to talk about the finale with you and all the stuff that happens in that RP. Absolutely. And Pong Krell is who, yes. I, who I met. I, I kept on saying Plo Koon, different person. Yeah, yeah, Pong Krell, who honestly, another major, you know, we, we yeah. can talk about it all the time, but oh, you know, yeah. a, a Jedi who descends before Anakin Skywalker, and right? Even Count Dooku before him. So, yep. you know, it, it's amazing how they built on it. You know, they build on it too. I think that was the whole point of General Grievous and finding out in. Revenge of the Sith, you know, that he's sort of a humanoid robot, right. sort of the predecessor to Darth Vader in the suit. So, yeah, um, everything builds on everything. That's the amazing and thing about the, this galaxy long ago, far away. Yeah. <laughs> and the the Order 66 arc, you know, like we mentioned with Fives and, you know, finding out that it wasn't the clones that actually did it. It was the clones, but it was a chip in their head that made them do what they eventually do in Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, that was a great arc as well. Further explaining, answering questions, like we said. So, you know, I love the Clone Wars. We can't wait for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, RB, anything else we left out here or take it away? Yeah, no, I mean, nothing more we can add except for it's going to be a really fun uh, long weekend of television. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for our reviews of Kenobi. Uh, we'll probably do a premiere episode, I would assume, as well as then once the show winds down. Or maybe we'll do a weekly one. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, on our thoughts of the show, as well as Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Look forward to that. And then as it comes, Stranger Things as well. So it's going to be an awesome summer of movies, of television. We'll have the great content coming out for you, the listener, at all times. Um, but, you know, anything you want us to review in, uh, specifically, feel free to reach out to either of us on Twitter. You can find the links in the uh, in the description of the episode to both Dom and my Twitter page. Um and then be sure, you know, when you're listening, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Like I said, that's another place where you can definitely let us know what you want us reviewing as well. Awesome. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of Top of the List. Have a good week. Later. Later, everybody.